founder of our anti-trafficking organization, Beauty for Freedom, and co-host of our Breaking Distance podcast, a podcast with the mission to connect communities while igniting change. And I am your co-host, Raj Shah, visual designer and photographer, and also Beauty for Freedom ambassador. With us here today, two very talented young ladies, Hannah Holman and Nicole Meyer. Yes, and we're so excited to have this discussion. Two model activists, I call them model citizens. We're really excited to introduce these amazing young women. I wanted to start out the show sharing a disclaimer that we will be speaking about rape, rape culture, sexual assault awareness, and these topics could be triggering for some of our audience members. Breaking Distance for the next week is going to focus on Sexual Assault Awareness Month and Denim Day, which is a day of advocacy and solidarity for survivors of sexual and domestic violence. And we're really excited to bring several voices into this conversation. Very happy to have Nicole and Hannah with us today. Aside from being world-renowned models, they are also passionate as activists as well. Absolutely. So first, I want to introduce Nicole. She's also uh, a Beauty for Freedom ambassador. Nicole, I'd love for you to sort of like expand on our introduction if there are things that you want to, you know, kind of share with the audience about the work that you're doing as an activist as well. Well, at the moment, I am currently busy with a project that I'm working on. I'm a part of something called Pray for the World, which started out as Pray for South Africa. And this project has reached over 60 million people on social media. I was fortunate enough to have translated the first um, Slavic prayer material since I'm learning and studying Croatian at the moment. And um, this prayer material can be used for individuals assisting um, in in guiding in prayer. You can also download this material. Um, It's also in the USA and you can download it at www.prayfortheworld.com. And then I'm also passionate about getting people to God. And I believe in everything just and fair. And especially when it comes to cyberbullying, domestic abuse survivors and human trafficking, you know, these things break my heart and we need to take up space. We need to take up space and help these people and reach out to these people because they do need us, you know, especially in these times where it's a lot lockdown you know nowhere no one's got anywhere to go to it's um it's a tough time yeah very well said yeah uh definitely this crisis and we've discussed this in previous episodes this crisis exacerbated the number of domestic abuse cases we're definitely with you on how vocal we should be about that absolutely yes well stated nicole and well stated raj and and now i'd like to bring uh, hannah holman on an environmental and women's rights activist. We're really grateful to have you here with us today, Hannah. And I'm, I'm really inspired by you and inspired by your work. Oh, thank you. That means a lot. I'm um, just as equally inspired by your work. And when I was first introduced to you, it was through Model Mafia, I believe. And I just really admire your Beauty for Freedom campaign um, so much. So thanks for having me on here today. I'm currently like a project I'm currently working on is raising awareness uh, for the Living Wage Project, which is a project created by the NGO The Circle, which is a, a by women for women organization. And the Living Wage Project, it's working at ensuring a living wage within supply chains. And you know, supply chain workers, garment workers, 80% are women. So it really is a 
a women's issue. Um, just the other day, I saw that uh, this worker in Bangladesh, she went to her her boss at this factory she worked at, and she'd asked for, you know, she said, you know, I didn't get, my paycheck is is not full, basically. I didn't get as much as, you know, I worked overtime, and I my full check isn't here. And she said that sometimes, you know, you can be friends with your with your bosses, but it doesn't mean that that they respect you and it doesn't mean that you're going to be treated like a human, you know? So I think that that to me, I think there's like a, a parallel in a lot of different situations where it's like the weakest link is always exploited. In school, I'm doing a lot of women and gender studies courses and that really stood out for me. I mean, I was raised Mormon and I, I'm very, very interested in the link between, you know, my Mormon upbringing and the fashion world and the fashion world, whether it be what us as models experience or assistance down to the workers in the supply chain. I think that a lot of it is um, this narrative that, well, at least in the Mormon church, that um, women are obeying men because they're the ones who have claim to truth or claim to power. And I see that happening everywhere. And I think it's time that we reclaim our truth, basically. So I'm really happy to be here talking with you guys today and opening up this conversation. <laughs> Thank you so much, Hannah. Um, you know, I, I'm I'm really one thing that I really want to stress and say is, and one thing that also has influenced me a lot in life, uh, and you know, starting out in the fashion industry as well. You know, a lot of times there's this sort of like perception that we as models don't really have a voice intellectually, um, and I'm just here to say that Hannah and Nicole disprove that on such a huge level. Like you all are doing so much stuff outside of the fashion industry and so much stuff to contribute to the world in a, in a really positive way. Can y'all each kind of answer that? The question of, you know, coming from the fashion industry, going into the world of philanthropy, what exactly have you learned or what lessons are you continuing to learn uh, through that journey? That's so true. I, I mean, you're right. I think, you know, a, a big part of our job is not voicing our opinion or having an opinion. We just kind of show up. I mean, it's not complete that. It is hard work. Don't don't get us wrong. Yeah, I think like raising your voice, it's hard. And especially when it's about topics that are what kind of keep the industry going. For example, when the Me Too movement happened, before that, not a lot of people shared shared stories of, of what had happened to them, you know, like moments they were harassed or so on and so forth. And after, since then, everyone's been talking about it. I mean, not just models, but assistants and people that don't have, aren't in a position to like, you know, raise their voice. And, and I think that at the same time, we're really lucky as models because there's still a lot of the same interpersonal dynamics and work dynamics that prevent us from speaking up, but we have a platform to speak up, if that makes sense. So I think for me, I just felt that I had an obligation, you know, or um, that I couldn't let this like opportunity pass by. I wouldn't forgive myself if I didn't start speaking up, not just for myself, but for, for all women. Thank you so much. That's very well stated. I know, Nicole, you wanted to also comment as well. Yeah, definitely. Well, I think that in this job, you 
you, you, you have to be nice to everyone. And I think that everyone thinks it's very glamorous, but being nice to everyone to a certain extent is very toxic and it's also unrealistic. And it, for example, like it doesn't even only happen to girls, it happens to guys in this industry too. And it, it actually affects them for life. It's just like, like I'm talking about being sexually abused in this industry and like, I feel like I've met so many guys that's had the same problem. And yes, we are so fortunate with traveling and like living the life and, and stuff, which I wouldn't say is like always amazing. I just think that it's a, it's a, it's a touch and go situation. And um, I think that uh, you've got to be really careful with who you trust. And um, yeah, I just, I agree with what, what, with what Hannah is saying completely, that we do have a platform as models to speak up because we do have a voice. I mean, people does look up to us to say like, hey, this is not right and it can't go on. It needs to stop somewhere. Definitely very well said. Yeah, uh, the the stigma, you know, applies to both genders, male and female in the industry. Uh, do you Have you guys experienced or have you, do you have friends that have experienced any specific instances of, of this, uh, you know, people taking advantage of the situation in the industry? Uh, well, yeah, I mean, I have girls. I mean, like myself, I've been, you know, we always, like Hannah would probably know, you should you should lingerie and swimwear and there's like 10, 10 boys in, in the studio, like just looking at you and you've got no chance to say like, hey, uh, can I have privacy because like there's 10 guys looking at me doing the lighting or doing the you know camera setup and stuff which is fine I mean it is our own choice but there's certain days we just you, you feel when it's comfortable and when it's uncomfortable and I think that people should speak up we should go and we we have to say like hey this is wrong and we don't feel comfortable or certain photographers we just need to walk off the set you know I've, I know my know models that's walked off because they do not feel comfortable and that's right I think it's happening more and more. So people are losing more and more um, good models. They're losing more and more, you know, good photographers that used to be good. And now they've completely changed into like, you know, these sexual predators. And speaking out to the agency doesn't doesn't quite help because it could potentially hurt your career. Yeah, that's true. (laughs) And Hannah can agree, I think, on that. Yeah, I forget we're not doing a video. I'm shaking. I'm nodding my head. Yeah, definitely. Um, It's really hard, you know, asking for support in this industry because there's certain dynamics that are just understood and people have something to lose by speaking out, whether it's, you know, about an offense that happened to them or something that they witnessed. And people have something to gain by staying silent. And, um, you know, when you stay silent, it really perpetuates these unhealthy and toxic Um, situations and it is really hard as a model to ask your agency for support to a certain extent you know like a lot of times it's met with like well if you want to handle that situation on your own fine but like there's nothing I can do so it's hard feeling like when you're going to set that you you're supported and that if there's repercussions that you're going to be backed up you know there's not a lot of that so I think Nicole's right you know just to start we have to change the culture. I mean, it's hard right now because we don't have like a definite what is punishable and what is the punishment. We don't have those answers yet, but it is important to start shaping um, this new society that we're going to have because there's no way we can go back to before the Me Too movement and before Time's Up. There's no way. 
So it's on all of us to day by day with every interaction to kind of question the dynamic and question our own safety. And I guess also for me, it's like the safety of younger models. I think about when I was really young, it was even harder to do that, to just walk out, walk off set or to stand up for myself. So, you know, I think of my younger self and those younger models that, you know, this can go a long way, like taking authority over my body um, even if it means I lose out on specific jobs, can really have a ripple effect within the industry. It's very well put, yeah. Very well put. I, I love the fact that you said we can never go back. And that, that is a, a truth like no other. It's like once you, once you are aware of something, you can never be unaware of it. I just want to add also that like the, the whole sexual abuse thing on sets on like in our industry doesn't even happen on set anymore. It happens on Instagram. Like we get cyber bullied if we don't send a naked picture to a photographer or we, we don't get the job if we don't, you know, like flirt or like give in to what they want. And and that's that's playing a big role in our getting jobs, like a major role. It's insane. That's very surreal. I didn't, I didn't even consider that. Yeah, the bullying starts before you even get on set. I can't imagine, yeah, to have to pitch for a job um, that doesn't make you feel comfortable, but also uh, you could lose out on a whole gig if you, if you don't play ball with, uh, with uh, you know, the abusers. Yeah, I just wanted to concur and to say that it is really important that we talk about this cyberbullying or this pressure happening on social media because it's hard to spot, you know, at first. And I think, again, when you're younger, but it is very similar to the sort of things that these perpetrators will say in person. But online, it's almost more stark. But for me, I didn't start my career online you know like I started years ago so it might it might seem more obvious the parallels but I do think that we have to yeah be aware that that's happening I mean I was put on option for a job once um for a couple jobs with this photographer and then he was messaging me and I couldn't tell if he wanted to meet up and I couldn't tell if it was for a business meeting like a business drink and the closer it got to that meeting the more I realized his language was very dominating and I realized how uncomfortable I felt and I didn't know for sure. I wasn't sure if what I thought he was doing was what he was doing. And after I talked about it to some of my friends and they all said that same photographer is known for that. And so like talking about it with my friends really helped me recognize that I need to listen to my gut within those moments. And that's really powerful for me, just coming together and talking about these situations and what they actually look like. That's a very, uh, very important statement. We have to share these experiences that are happening. And we have to also make sure that we are reporting that these experiences are happening. Because if we don't, then we almost become powerless to, to stop these things from happening. And we have to share them with our networks as well. Because maybe I might not know someone in my agency that's going to have a compassionate ear about abuses that are happening but maybe there's another booker that does have a compassionate ear you know it's if we don't start these conversations and we don't you know uh report and find out you know how we can even take some legal actions against these perpetrators then these things will just continue to happen and we should be empowering one another to do this and and it is right you know i started modeling oh my gosh it's been almost 27 years ago now so today is a very different day we, we there was nothing like social media back then but 
these abuses were happening just right at jobs or via the telephone and everything and, and the harassment in that way. Uh, but now this, you know, technology and Instagram and social media and all of that, it is, it is definitely changed the landscape of abuse. Yeah. And, and these, these people, you know, like this is such a great platform. I, I, I even feel better just speaking a, a little bit about it, but some people out there, they really suffer PTSD and like they need help. They need to listen to these things. They need people like, you know, like you, Monica, like opening a platform. They need this so much. It's very bad. It's like, it's really bad. Is there um, a, a kind of shared resource, like in the same way that Glassdoor dot uh, com kind of rates employers based on based on how they treat their employees. Is there some kind of shared resource that lists maybe uh, photographers or people you work with that are abusing the situation versus you know a ranking system so that agencies and models know to like oh beware when you go in here you may not feel comfortable or is there a shared resource that models can rely on? Well, I think if you're if you're with a good agency, they won't just let you go to any shoot or shoot with any photographer, you know. But agencies out there that are greedy and just want to make money, what wouldn't care? And unfortunately, with young girls like Hannah said, they don't care. They send these girls to these jobs, they send these boys to these jobs, and they just do with them what they want. So it's unfortunately like that. You've got to be with a good agency who nurtures you, cares about you, because modeling isn't like a year. It's it's for 10 years and you can make a living for yourself out of this it's a career you know and it's very sad what's what's happened it's very very sad how people has like manipulated the, the young girls and like just sent them to any photographer and god knows what happens there you know mm, i i agree i mean there, there's not really there used to be a list but i don't think it's up to date and it's it's um it wasn't i guess very um legitimate or like there wasn't a lot of credibility with that um but my agency now uh they'll put if, if a model complains about any type of harassment they'll kind of put like a mark next to their name and they'll tell any girl who's on option for a job with this photographer you know other girls have complained um that they don't feel safe so we're gonna leave it up to you and i think that that's really great and the more complaints the more marks next to their name and i think that's you know, great. And it does feel nice that the agency's being really open and honest because I know that in the past I've gone to castings that are, or jobs and it wasn't till years later that I found out um, that there was a pattern, right? Um, so it is helpful to know beforehand, but I think otherwise just talking to each other and, and this is another thing I, I realized that Me Too and Time's Up really um, did for my world at least is... Um, to bring survivors together um, in a way that that we've never been together before. And I think it's so powerful and it's, we're each other's like best tools at this point. That's so much encouragement. It's amazing. Thank you guys so much for that, that input. You know, I feel like we're, you know, we're like so many different generations of models. You know, I'm, I'm 45 years old. Y'all are so much younger. <laughs> But it's funny that, you know, no matter what generation we are of, you know, in the fashion industry, we have such similar experiences as well. You know, what what advice actually could you both give other models kind of just starting out so that they can avoid some of these 
um, situations and the traps, you know, of, of, of some of the people that are, are victimizing or, um, you know, harassing uh, models. As I kind of said before, like, you know, as models, we don't have a union or healthy power dynamics or, you know, interpersonal relationships within the industry as a whole, but we do have a voice to an extent. And I think that even if we use that voice to, um, reach out to each other or for me what was really powerful reaching out to my family which was a really scary thing to do because I thought they wouldn't understand the industry I thought that um they would blame me and you know what I realized in doing that was that this world that we live in this fashion world especially when you start at such a young age it a lot of the stuff that happens in the industry because it's so unregulated is not normal quote-unquote normal and it was really nice for me to base my experience in reality in that way by talking to someone outside of the industry and who I knew loved me and supported me as Hannah not me as the model and um, that was really powerful for me because what really perpetuates all of this among other things is shame um and so for me, it was like, that was a huge step for me moving away from, from shame. Okay, so the advice I would give, basically, be careful who you sign with. Be careful for, like, just going on, getting on a plane anywhere. Be careful of an Instagram message you receive. And it's like, sounds like a great shoot. Do your research on the client. Google the clients. I would say speak to other models. Like Hannah said, speak to models that has been in the industry for quite a while and like really listen to them. Because my thing is, I, I was so eager to become a model. I was like five years old and I wanted to become a model so badly that I would just take shoot with any photographer. And I wish I didn't make that mistake because now I look back and I'm like, yeah, I shouldn't have done that, you know? And I, I, sh I shot with some really off photographers and I should have listened to my gut and I was with the wrong agency who just wanted to like milk me for 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 greed for their own own well-being and, and money and I think that that's really like important and also my health my health went backwards I didn't have a good eating routine I lived on steamed vegetables I didn't like gym I was just walking walking to castings in the rain walking all my calories off I didn't really like take care of me and I think that this industry gives you so much pressure that you've got to you've got to sit back and kind of be like do I really want this do I really want to do this to myself or am I going to go to an agency who's going to take care of me Nicole the model and me Nicole the person and that's the best advice I can give someone is just to go to an agency who cares about you as a human being also that's really really great advice really appreciate it. lack of regulation lack of unions lack of a verified list of agencies like all these things that could help young models coming into the industry to to prevent them from being disillusioned from being basically used and abused by by predatory agencies by predatory uh, gigs mm, and I think I think that with that, it's like we are in such a cool time now where we do, like social media can be a scary place, but it can be a really powerful place and it can connect us and it can help us raise our voices. And um, it starts with, you know, asking to set boundaries around our bodies, whether it's, you know, like asking during COVID-19 that 
you know, the hair and makeup wear a mask when they're doing our makeup or whatever, you know, setting boundaries around our bodies and setting boundaries about, around um, our well-being and our health um, is such an important step. And like, we shouldn't be ashamed to do that. And it's kind of crazy that in this industry, that is something that we're ashamed for, you know, or told we're difficult or, or dramatic or whatever. So, you know, not being, not being shamed into, you know, choosing the right agency for yourself, you know, etc. Well said. Yeah, and it's also just like the feeling of not being enough, you know, not not feeling worthy and, and, and getting that infirmity over you. And that's why you need an agency that's really nurturing. Thank you all so much. I, I actually had one question for both of y'all as well. Um, and Hannah, you brought up a really, really great point of, you know, kind of like it's almost like the new normal, you know, with this COVID crisis and the stay at home order and the the precautions that we have to take now, it's a new world, you know? Um, How have you both been adjusting to this new world that we're living in? And, you know, what are you doing to uh, take care of yourself, self-care? How are you getting through this crisis emotionally? Um, well, I've emotionally done some investigation into my heart and I, I took a step back and I realized how grateful I am to be healthy and, um, well, grateful to be a model too. I've, it's been my dream since I was five and I actually miss work, but it's made me criticize myself every day. Like even like if I have bad skin or bad hair day. So I've been opening my mind to just really accepting myself and accepting what is. And um, it's actually like made me appreciate people out there saving lives, like the doctors and the nurses so much more, you know. And I'm worried about me having a bad hair day, but there's people like putting their lives on the line. So I've done a lot of investigation in my heart, like mindfulness and stuff, which which was like really great. And I've, I've realized a lot. Mm, that's really beautiful Nicole I think being in New York is really kind of strange I'm sure Raj can agree it's um it's very quiet and spring so it's storming a lot and it's it can be kind of eerie and sad but then there's moments where you know at 7 p.m which is oh in one minute you guys might hear it in the background when I'm talking everybody claps And it's just grown from, you know, the beginning of of shelter in place to now there's more and more people out there clapping and it really is so beautiful. And um, it's, it's made me just appreciate that human connection Um, and given me hope that, you know, maybe we'll have a new, uh, maybe humans will have a, a new vision for the future, you know, one that's um, less selfish and greedy and <laughs> more about community and support. And it's also um, made me think about how I want to step back out into the world and and how do I want to make sure that I'm um, supporting those I love and supporting those who most need it and helping lift the voices up of those who most need it. I just, you know, I right just heard that I in the background. Speaking. That's incredible. Yeah. Wow. I can't believe oh you caught that. God, <laughs> yeah, I, I, was, I was in Manhattan recently and it's absolutely <laughs> surreal. Like it totally yeah. feels like a post-apocalyptic uh, movie. 
the streets are empty and cops are everywhere and people are wearing masks and there's like these crazy like yeah. um, depression era lines out the out the stores and absolutely surreal. So I mean, we're all we're all praying for the same thing, hoping we come out of this like changed, you know, kinder, just like more unified. And uh, I hope it changes us for the better. You know, makes brings us together. Let's all let's all clap. Yeah. Let's all clap Great. to that. Clap to that. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's for all, all of every, everyone on the front yes. lines, all the essential workers, yes. Yes. putting their lives on the line. Yeah, absolutely. I saw a quote the other day where I want to read you guys, and it says, nothing, sh- nothing should go back to normal. Normal wasn't working. If we go back to the way things were, we, we will lo- lose the lesson. May we rise up and do better. And I just, I love that so much. Thank you for just sharing to that. share that with you. Beautiful. <laughs> wow. Yeah, beautiful quote. I love that. Yeah. And so, yeah, as we, you know, sort of like give time and space, you know, for the amazing people that are changing our lives and saving lives out there, you know, um, one question that I wanted to ask about a, a better future, you know, our uh, pledge with Denim Day is to make one statement and to share that statement about what a violence-free future needs, you know? What do we need to make this world a better place and to eradicate violence on every level of violence? Uh, so that's one thing that I wanted to ask you, Hannah, and also you, Nicole, what does a violent-free future need? Mm. Yeah. Um, I think a violent-free future needs accountability. And I think where we're at now is we don't really know what that looks like, right? Um, for perpetrators is what I specifically mean, you know? Um, we don't know what that looks like. We don't know what accountability looks like, but I do know that it takes all of us. Um, it takes all of us to create this culture to where, um, we get to that place where, where we can all agree on what this accountability looks like. Right. Oh my God. That noise in the background. I'm sorry. It's, it's a car honking even. No, I love it. I mean, I'm in Brooklyn. I'm in London, so I'm loving this. (laughs) It's amazing to me. Yeah, (laughs) I love it. It's so great. Um, So, yeah, so I think accountability, it's like we need to, you know, to have accountability, we need to define what is punishable and what the punishment is, like what accountability is. And But first we need to, to decipher what it is that needs accountability and right now it's like there's so there's so there's like kind of a gray area within this um that i think you know we don't know where to draw the line and so we need to to come up with that um as a culture and and by doing that i think like 80 percent of the work is individual right we need to be having these conversations um more often about what um sexual violence and violence um, looks like and and how they're perpetuated by power, unhealthy power dynamics and how 
where are the power, like, unhealthy power dynamics in your life and in your relationship, you know? I think that's the first step. Well said. Thank you so much, Hannah. Thank you so much. And I, I'm in complete agreement with that. A lot of it is a lot of self-reflection. We're to start within ourselves mm. to have this conversation that then can emanate out of us. And then it can turn into action, you know? And then that conversation mm. about accountability that becomes an organic and natural thing that happens because we're like, yo, this is not happening anymore, you know, and starting from that conversation inside. Thank you so much. Yeah, thank you. And Nicole, what do you feel a violence-free future needs? Well, um, I grew up uh, basically in domestic violence. So for me, I can really relate to it. Um I do like come from South Africa so there it is quite it's quite common um but I mean not only there it's worldwide and I I just I think because I think justice first of all is is definitely you know justice fairness and a voice for these victims that cannot speak um we need to take up space for these people and be a people to them with like counseling acceptance the survivors they suffer from pdsd and they need therapy a platform like this you know um to get to get out to the survivor so they can speak and you know some of them are so afraid to speak because they suffer from as i said pdsd and it's terrible it's really really sad i've seen it firsthand and you know, these people actually, they, it's a fine line where, where they, 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 they feel like they're almost intruding if they, if they do speak. So it's, it's still a far way to go. I think after this whole thing is over to, to say where this is going to stop or what's going to happen. But I do believe in, in justice, you know, that people need to get help really and prayer we need to pray. Thank you for that. I'm in complete agreement yeah. with that, you know, um, justice, justice for the victims, you know, uh, and we had a, a great conversation on one of our last podcasts also about restorative justice, you know, um, these types of conversations need to be had and we need to even within the framework of justice, make sure that it's righteous justice, you know, um, I do believe that um, counseling and finding the root of the issues and where the yeah. abuse is coming from, that, you know, also starts a conversation. You know, we were also discussing before on another podcast, uh, you know, even me personally as well. And I, I can relate to you sort of like growing up in a, in a household where there was domestic abuse. I was also in a relationship where uh, it was an abusive relationship you know, and uh, it was when I was younger and just knowing that he was sexually abused when he was a very, very young child. And that started the cycle of abuse with him. Where do we, where does, yeah, where does it, where does it stop? You know, like, mm -hmm. and then how do we not become a part of this cycle that unfortunately many of us get kind of like sucked into these cycles of, of violence and abuse. You know, I think it really starts with mental health care services that primarily if they could be free for everyone, I think we'd be a much healthier 
world. And mental health and depression and suicide are, are on the rise globally. So it, it's, it's absolutely critical at a time like this to make services like that more accessible to everyone. I completely agree. And they are very expensive. These kind of clinics are super expensive. Not everyone's got access to them. Or even if people need medication, you know, it's not free. So it's it's like, yeah, it's really sad. Mm, and I, I think um, for me, in the meantime, you know, um, is doing just what we're doing. So I think it's so cool that you guys... Um, are doing this and I like really appreciate you having me because it is so important to me because there's so many people that don't have access or um don't want to be shamed out of their families or communities by speaking out because it's someone that they know or someone that everybody knows and it's just it's so tricky so being able to like create spaces even if they're online even if they're virtually where people can um feel like they're not alone and you know, process through, I mean, it's helped me a lot, you know, with, 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 um, hearing other people's stories and being like, oh my gosh, like that, I relate to that, you know, I get that. And like, oh, that's where that comes from. Or, and it, it can never, um, replace, you know, a professional one-on-one -on -one therapy session. But I think that it's like such a good place to start. Thank you so much for saying that. And, you know, I think Raj would probably agree with me. We, we created this platform because of the pandemic and because of the crisis. Um, being able to continue to connect with our communities and ignite change, that's the mission of the podcast. And so the fact that you said that, Hannah, like um, it just like really warms my heart because that's the purpose of this whole communication is to, to continue this dialogue and to make sure that we're staying connected, that we're checking in with one another, that we're learning more about one another, that we're learning more about the things that we're passionate about, you know, and that we're not, um, you know, even though we're, we're not able to be boots on the ground, uh, we can still be boots on the ground virtually, you know, and that's what this, that's what this work is. So I'm really grateful to have both have have both of y'all be a part of this conversation, and I think you're right. It's very important that we continue the work that we're doing and to continue these conversations and stay connected in this way. I think it's vital. It's so vital, and it's amazing how technology can connect us. And it's like I I even feel lighter. I feel I feel like I've downloaded it on you guys now. So it's like I really appreciate because like it's, it's really nice to like to relate to, to, to someone, Hannah, really, it's, it's so cool. And Monica, uh, Raj, yeah, it's, you guys are doing such a good thing for the community. Like, it's truly appreciative. Thank you. Thank you. We, we try. And, you know, just sharing your voices with us like this, uh, you know, empowers us and, and gives us uh, the ability to reach out to more people and, and connect with more people and kind of bring, bring these issues to light. Absolutely. And on that note, I want to uh, take this time to have a space to uplift your work, you know, projects that you're working on. Hannah, I know tomorrow is Earth Day. I got the email from the Model Mafia. I have to kind of shout the Model Mafia out like, woo, woo, because they are like doing the realist stuff in the world to make it a better place. And it's such an inspiration. And you 
are a big part of that. So can, can you share a bit about the projects that you have coming up and how people can connect with you? Uh, yeah. Uh, I, yeah. I love Model Mafia. They have been such a great community for me. And um, I found them at a time when I was really wondering um, or questioning this industry and um and they do they do a lot of like beautiful projects so we initially were organizing a strike for earth day and um now with coronavirus or COVID 19 it's plans have sort of changed so we're doing a um you know virtual kind of instagram social media um um not necessarily strike, but just like a connection, you know, we just want to connect with people and raise awareness um, about why Earth Day is important to all of us. And tomorrow uh, at noon, New York time, I'm going to be doing, it's going to be really fun. Um, so with one of my friends, Caitlin, who's a makeup artist. So she's going to show me how to do a couple like uh, Earth Day themed uh, eyes, like one with like a wing eyeliner and one that kind of like a smoky earthy sexy earth or something <laughs> and um yeah we're gonna be talking about what we plan to do in 2020 um to help the earth and I'm really excited for that so tune in join in it'll be really fun and I know that Model Mafia is doing you know a few a few things um tomorrow for Earth Day and is that is that on your Instagram so that's thank you that's on Model Mafia's Instagram oh got it got it yeah yeah. And also, um, I would love if people would go check out the, um, the circle members USA and you can find the link in my bio, um, to that Instagram page. So the circle NGO is the UK based NGO and we're the members in the U S and I'm co-leading the sector in the U S and we're raising awareness about the living wage project, which is really important to me. Um, to bring supply chain to, you know, women who work in, or, you know, and all garment workers um, who work within this fashion industry. I would really love to make the industry a better place for everybody. Thank you so much. Thank you uh, for sharing that. And we, just to let y'all both know, we're going to also have links and your social media handles and all of that in the text uh, for this podcast as well. So we can share the great work that you're doing. And, and Nicole, I know that the Worldwide Prayer Project that you're working on is something you're really passionate about. Can you let us know what projects you have coming up and how people can stay connected to you? Well, uh, for me, I just want, um, you know, I, I know uh, your relationship with God is really personal, but you, you can go to this prayer material and download it. It's Again, I'm going to say it's www.prayforthenumber4world.com. And, um, you know, share it with your friends, share, share it with your family. And like, yo, I just, I'm just calling for worldwide prayer, you know, so that we can not go back to our old ways. And furthermore, I just, I, I, I'm just trying to be a better person every day. I'm, I'm taking this whole thing as a lesson, you know, and um as I said, things just cannot go back to normal. And yeah, and beautiful freedom. I hope to to come to New York soon. I got my visa last year and I was like, I'm coming to meet Monica. And here I am still in London, didn't come. But I hope that that will change soon. And then I can also um, 
become more a part of beautiful freedom and um we can see how it go from there absolutely thank you thank you so that's much. wonderful thank you for sharing that thank you thank you both so much you know i just want to also invite you if you have any other thoughts or feel like you want to expand on any thoughts that you shared today please feel free to do so now I would just like to say I was cyberbullied last year and that took me to a very dark place. So I just want to I just want to say that abuse whether you're a model, whether you're a, a waitress, whether you're a TV presenter, whether you a you know anyone, abuse comes in different forms. And um I think that people should be careful what you know they say to each other or saying to each other on in on the internet or you know what even your thoughts and that's all I want to say you're just abuse comes in different forms and we've got to we've got to be careful because people get hurt and people are sensitive and um we don't really think about that yeah that's all I wanted to add (laughs) I'm so sorry that you had to experience that it's you know we have to stamp out cyberbullying yes we do you know yeah, it's it's definitely like a a, a new thing to uh, in the world like since since the invention of the internet and uh, it's become like just one of those new challenges that technology you know is a double edged sword it it brings blessings and it brings curses with it so uh, you know we just have to find new ways to because things become immortalized uh, on on the internet and uh, and everyone just piles up because they're hiding behind a monitor so it becomes so much easier to just uh, to ruin someone's life. So definitely thank you so much for highlighting that issue. Oh, sorry, Nicole. Um, that's awful. And, and yeah, I think it's like important. It's very important to be, um, you know, yes, yeah, like, like you said, Raj stamping out cyberbullying because I think it's especially important when it comes to, um, well, when it can trickle down to, you know, like not trickle down, maybe, flow up to your work and your livelihood, you know? So if there's, if there's cyberbullying and there's sort of like, um, a pattern, um, that you kind of just brush off, then eventually it's going to be affecting people. They're not going to know how to handle these situations when it comes to, um, you know, especially with us, you know, in, in a career where there's again, like no union and no support. It's like, we, we got to stop it from the moment it starts because then when it comes to like negotiating, our livelihood, it's, um, it's harder to do, you know, because it's a more stressful situation. So just stopping it where it starts, you know? Well said. Thank you. Yes. Thank you both so much. We're really excited to launch this podcast and to share your perspectives. And we're so grateful that you were here with us tonight, you know? Um, and we just want to say that we are so grateful for the work that you're you both are doing in the world uh, to make a difference. And that's, you know, it's, it's so important. And um, yeah, we're, we're really grateful for that. Thank you so much. Models of the world unite. <laughs> <laughs> you guys, if you're listening to this, unite, you know, put it together, put your heads together, build a system, uh, speak out, let your voices be heard and put, passionate and incredibly intelligent people like this at the forefront, you know, to, to help your voices be heard. We want to thank Nicole and Hannah for joining us 
on Breaking Distance, and we want to invite all of our guests and all of our listeners to please support sexual assault awareness and support Denim Day NYC by joining the virtual rally uh, this Wednesday, April 29th, all day long at denimday.nyc and have your voice be heard and join a community of activists, advocates, and allies that are fighting to eradicate sexual and domestic violence in this country. Please check out the episode notes to learn more about the amazing work of Nicole Meyer and Hannah Holman. Breaking distance, connecting communities, igniting change.